Welcome to The Journey, a podcast series by Christ Life Ministries, focused on renewing, restoring, and equipping leaders. It's good to be back with you on this snowy, crazy day. This is the worst snow that we've had in Grand Rapids all winter. And my office heat (laughs) has uh, defaulted to the lowest possible setting. So I'm sitting here with my down coat on, really looking forward to connecting with you. God is so good. He, He rains down his blessing on all men. The rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. He's just a good God. And Lord, this morning, as this snow is falling, that's what you're reminding me of. How kind and faithful you are and how your kindness leads us to realize how sweet it is to turn around and turn away from the things that are a ripoff in our lives and, and come to you to get our needs met. So I'm asking you, because you're here with us right now, would you come and draw near? Would you reveal yourself to us? Would you just reveal how close you are to us? Like Augustine once said, that you're closer to us than we are to ourselves. We need you to give us Ephesians 1, a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we can know you biblically, set our hearts free. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this week we're going to continue our work in the area of core longings. And if you'll remember back to the last episode, we began with Jeremiah 2.13, this passage, amazing passage, where God says, out of all the years of wandering and failing and sinning, really, the nation of Israel has committed two grievous sins. They can all be wrapped up into two. They've forsaken me and they've tried to do it on their own. And remember last, in the last episode, we dove into the word picture that the prophet Jeremiah chose to use in Jeremiah 2.13 and drew away the reality that as we try to do life on our own, there's only two outcomes that we can expect, intense labor and total failure. I think I'm laughing because I just look back on a lot of my ministry life. And although there were lots of moments where God moved powerfully, there was an awful lot of intense labor (laughs) and the feeling of total failure. Thank you for how you long to set us free. God, you're just awesome. So let's move forward into our work in core longings. Dr. Ann Halley has brought content to the table that's really indispensable regarding core longings. She would break down the the overall need that's experienced by all of mankind, every image bearer, into six specific areas. Let me give them to you right now. We all have the longing for purpose, for understanding, belonging, love, 
security, and significance. Let me give those to you again. All of humankind is hardwired to need to have a sense of purpose, understanding, belonging, love, security, and significance met by God. Now, you could, these aren't biblical terms. You could go and change these up in any way you want to. These are just the the ones that have been most helpful for me in my own healing journey to understand the need inside that drives me and the specific areas that God wants to meet me. And, and what these, uncovering these needs helps me begin to ask simple questions like, if I have longing for impure and ungodly things, I can immediately go back to God and say, what is it, Lord, at the core that's driving this need? Is it the need to be significant? The need for security or belonging? And as God helps me uncover what's really driving my internal need, I can come to him in prayer, lay it before him, come before the Hebrews 4 throne of grace, the throne of I will do it for you, and receive from God what I really need. You know, like we said last week, one of the reasons why our internal battle is so great and and the intensity of our longing, our wantonness, uh, so off the charts at times is because really as we're living the independent life, we're needing but never really getting those needs met or satisfied. We're experiencing, without knowing it, intense labor and total failure. We're running dry. And so we find ourselves reaching out to lesser things all the time instead of being satisfied by the fountain of living water. So naming the core longings has been tremendously helpful to me in my own healing journey. Let's, let's take it a step further. Let's talk about a concept called core longing deficiency. Core longing deficiency is just the outcome of having my unprocessed wounds, unprocessed messaging, and distortions collide with core longings. That, that God's hardwired me with need, but that need gets much more intense when I have areas of brokenness that coincide with that need. For example, if I have abandonment issues as a result of my childhood, well, you can better believe <laughs> the need to belong is going to be much more intense than, someone, than with someone who doesn't have that same history. So again, this deficiency, core longing deficiency, will feel like what it would feel like if you had a bucket that you were trying to fill with water and the bottom had holes drilled through it. That as quickly as you pour in, it's pouring out the bottom. That's, that's what core longing deficiency feels like. Some of you are shaking your heads as you're listening to this podcast saying, well, that was me just earlier today. <laughs> Let me tell you, you're in good company. And I want you to, to know that uh, there's a reason behind that desperate need 
And it's because you're investing in core longing deficiency that you have unprocessed wounds and distortions, unprocessed messaging that's commingling, if you will, colliding with the natural need that God's hardwired you with. And as a result, you have uh, an increased or augmented sense of need. And if you're going to other places other than God to try to get that need met, my gosh, man, it might just not be holes in the bottom of the bucket. The whole bottom of the bucket might have been kicked out. An easy way to identify areas of core longing deficiency is just taking the core longing list that I gave you and inverting them into their negative equivalents. So, for example, purpose would be purposeless. A core longing deficiency in the area of understanding would be this deep sense of being known but not really known. You have people in your life that don't really desire to know you for who you really are. Those are some of the most alone people in the world. Belonging is more of a a feeling of being rejected, known and left behind, (laughs) known and not valued. That's painful. Love is, is unloved. Security is insecurity. Significance is just feeling insignificant. My challenge right now would be for you to consider those core longings and write down their negative equivalents and then go back to your 10-2 reactions. Remember that work that we've done? And just ask a simple question. When I am responding at a 10 or a negative 10... If I go subterranean emotionally, when it should, I should be responding at a two. What are the predominant core longings or core longing deficiencies that are in play? Usually, what we'll find is a hierarchy on board most of the leaders that we work with. Again, this hierarchy is built on our own unique history. And These core longings and core longing deficiencies for sure play in. They factor into much of the disruptive emotion that we we experience. But even more than that, let's just take one step further. Let's talk about a concept called core longing discord. And that is among the hierarchy of core longing, areas of core longing deficiency that we have in our lives. What we find is that often there's conflict in, in, within the, the meeting, the ways that we need to go about meeting these needs. For example, if someone uh, struggles with unprocessed wounds and distortions in the area of significance, causing a core longing deficiency, they'll feel an intense need to be on the big stage, lead the big team, have the big vision, uh, be seen as important. On the other hand, if they have a core longing deficiency in the area of security, and maybe they have a history that that causes that need for security to be even more important than significance, well, they're going to have massive conflict, discord on the inside. For the big stage, the big team leading the big vision is often the exact opposite of what someone that desperately needs security is looking for in life. They're just looking for a safe place to hang out (laughs) and weather the storm. 
I was working with a Christian counselor in in this area years back, and I just as a it experiential just had them begin to verbally process what their ideal retirement might look like, and he was just like, "Oh man, a quiet lake, nobody around, just me, my wife, and." occasionally the kids and the grandkids just being able to be set my own time uh my own schedule maybe a cup of coffee on a big wraparound porch in the morning looking at the view listening to the loons on the lake you see security for him was paramount on the other hand there are leaders that i work with and if i ask them the same question they say retirement what are you talking about i'm not going to retire it's, it's not a biblical concept to retire. <laughs> Moses never retired. <laughs> and they're saying, they're, they're just like, I'm going to be barnstorming until my last breath. I'm just going to transition from my senior pastor role to a consulting role to, uh, you know, getting paid to do whatever I think God would have me do in regards to advancing the kingdom. And some of them will do that. But little do they know that maybe underneath that intense desire, that drive for significance, are wounds and distortions. You see, there's nothing wrong with having drive or to desire to be secure. We just want to make sure that they're not being motivated. Those desires aren't motivated by unhealthy things. So again, Core longings, I think you've got a pretty good handle on them. Core longing deficiency is just very simply when my core longings, which are given by God, collide with my unique history, they create intensified need. And then core longing discord is all about the hierarchy of core longing deficiency that comes as a result of my own unique history and how those core longing deficiencies can collide, conflict, and cause, again, discord. Let's talk just for a moment about disruptive emotion. We've already been there a lot in our journey together. You see that disruptive emotion is a direct byproduct, a direct result of the distortions that spring from our unprocessed wounds and unprocessed messaging. I want to give you another way to look at this disruptive emotion. Disruptive emotion is also an indicator that we're carrying something that we were never designed to carry. Years ago, as I was going through my master's program, I was a carpenter in California. I'd work during the summer, go to school during the school year. And we were we had this crew that was just a ton of fun, always pushing each other towards doing more, doing things faster, doing things more excellently. And so we were packing lumber as carpenters <laughs> have to do all throughout the day. Unless you've got a good laborer, then then you can swing a hammer and let them do the heavy work. But we were carrying this whole unit of lumber back into the back of this house. We were doing a remodel, a giant remodel off the back of the home. And, and in California, for subfloor, you use uh, inch and an eighth pl- tongue and groove plywood. And I was trying to carry two of those sheets as I was hauling to get this 
material back into the backyard and I can remember picking them up fine but as I twisted to walk down the front walk of this home and around the side yard something just pulled horrendously in my back and I dropped that plywood (laughs) I think right on there new plants (laughs) which is not a good thing obviously and I was in so much pain I couldn't even pull my my tool belt off that pain was an indicator that I had been carrying a weight that was too heavy for me to carry. I was ill-prepared to carry it. In the same way, often disruptive emotion is just very simply an indicator that I'm carrying something I was never designed to carry. I'll never forget working with a pastor out of Colorado. He was raised in another country, and he suffered with anxiety. And when we got to this portion of the journey, he was on a Zoom call. He looked at me, and it was like he was looking at life for the first time. He said, Greg, I've just always perceived that I was just an anxious person, that anxiety would be something that I struggle with in ministry for the rest of my life. But as he, it began to dawn on him, as he began to realize that the reason why, the reasons behind his anxiousness, he realized that he had been carrying weight, the need to be significant, the need to be followable, the need to belong, the need to be understood. Uh, he was trying to get good distance between his pain, his, his unprocessed wounds and distortions, and in a ministry position which didn't afford him really the opportunity to be weak. And when he realized that that the disruptive emotion for him was like a flashing red light on the dashboard saying, pull over, bring this to God. Uh, you're not designed to, to, to move forward in this way. It changed his whole life. Instead of pushing through or medicating his anxiety, he began to push into the, John, the, the Hebrews 4 throne of I will do it for you. He began to understand the things that God had never designed him to carry, and he began to experience tremendous relief. I, I wonder whether how, how many of us who are listening to this podcast today suffer with disruptive emotion And that disruptive emotion is as a result of us carrying things that God never designed us to carry. Bring them to him right now. Let him identify them and then bring them to him. God, we just bow our hearts, come and lift off of our shoulders the weights that we carry needlessly. We just humble ourselves. Let it be done to to us according to your word, Lord. Let your will be done in us, Lord. We're just helpless without you. We love you. Just going back briefly to where we were last week regarding the reality of developing unhealthy appetites. Remember the Augustine quote? This has become... One of my favorites in this season that Augustine, in talking about his life prior to Christ, said that my corrupted will 
drew me, led me, convinced me to move towards lust. And when lust was uh, formed in me, it created habits. And when I didn't break those habits, those habits turned into necessity. Remember, anytime we turn from God to get core longings met, we run the risk of forming habits that can, in the long run, in the short term and the long run, be debilitating for us. We turn sin and separation from God into necessity. And in doing so, we, we, allow, we allow sin to ravish our lives. We become pastoral leaders or parents or, or business, leader, business leaders who, who have double lives. We have the face that we wear at work, and we have the face that we wear at home when no one else is looking. The problem for those of us who are married is that there are very few places where no one is looking. And so that, that broken, shattered person that comes as a result of chasing after year after year after year these longings and and trying to get them satisfied in other ways other than God that that those realities tend to damage those who are closest to us what's that old adage i think it's something like this that pain woundedness that's not transformed will be transferred usually to those who are closest to us Think about that for a moment. With the leaders that I work with, often sin has become camouflaged behind a lie, and that is that that sin really only affects me, uh, that I can pull it off pretty well. If you've got enough guts, go to your wife or husband and children and ask them how well you're pulling it off. You might get an answer that you don't want to hear. But you need to use that answer as a motivator to stop doing. What's the, the insanity quote that insanity is trying to do the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? Well, we're way more insane than we could ever imagine because that's what we often do in life. We're just a re- we're just on repeat. And each time we get a little less satisfaction from whatever we're turning to, we have a little bit more need. It it lasts a little less long. And we find our desperation growing and growing and growing. You know, as I think about the experience that's left for us in this week of the journey. I think we're going to put a pause on our time together today. That'll give us a great chunk to hit the next time we're together. And I think that God has got us in this sweet spot of consideration, of healthy introspection. Could it be that some of what you're medicating right now is as a result of carrying things that God never designed you to carry. 
Now, I want to give you a warning and be very clear about this. If you are on medication that's being prescribed by you, by a, a doctor, I'm not suggesting you stop taking it. I'm suggesting that you get to the root of the why behind your depression or anxiety. Do the hard work. Begin to experience a living God coming, drawing near to you and providing processing in your areas of unprocessed wound and unprocessed messaging. And then, as God begins to bring healing to you, have the conversation with your physician about what it might look like to wean yourself off of whatever depression or anxiety medication you're currently on. Do you get it? I'm not suggesting you flush your medicine today. I'm suggesting you go to the living God and begin to get healing and insight regarding why you're struggling as you are. I hope that's clear. God, we we love you. And we're amazed by all of the promises that we see laid out in your holy word. And Lord, we're tired of having our gaze fixed on our chaos and, and wondering why things aren't getting any better, but we're just experiencing a greater and greater sense of darkness in our lives. Lord, I'm asking by by your power, by the power of your spirit, that you would allow grace to pour into our lives, that you would allow our gaze to become simpler and singular, that you would allow our hearts to be set free from the many other loves that we've collected over the years. God, that you would give us insight regarding Uh, the, the nature of need, our core longings, and how you've designed them all to be met in you, the fountain of living water. And I thank you. I just want to thank you for this community, this group of men and women that long to experience renewal and restoration and walk in the greater, the larger story of their lives. And we bless you. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next week.